Okay. So check it out. It's Punk Adams here with Collaboration. And it's a Saturday. I hope you're warm and cozy. Cocoa and full effect, right? You know, marshmallows on the side, right? And you're listening to us. Oh, man, what's better? What's better? My name is Punk Adams from the Inglewood Arts Collective, a Shoei clothing brand, and uh, Chicago's public art group. Yeah. Yes! Welcome to Collaboration Radio. Pow, 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 pow. Pugs Adams in the studio with Anthony Mosley today. It is January 13th, 2024. It is now. It is still now. And when you are listening to this in the future, it will still be now. We might talk about space time a little bit, but we're mostly going to talk about Pugs Adams, his career, his art, his activism, his perspective, his mother. Wow, look at that. Mom. Getting peas, you're getting peas. I hope she's listening. If not now, then now. And that was uh, DJ Lady D, uh, the collaboration board president and the mm-hmm. queen of Chicago house music, yeah. bringing us in there. Lady D is actually going to be playing at the United Center on January 20th. Big things, big things. Big up Lady D. Um, they're doing a halftime show, and I think it's a LGBTQ plus pro party Extravaganza. At, extravaganza yeah. at the United Center. Will you be tumbling? I'll be rumbling, fumbling, tumbling. <laughs> All I got to say is they better not boo Jerry Krause on January 20th. <laughs> they booed Jerry Krause last night at the Ring of Honor event at the United Center. I mean, it's a whole different Chicago now, but anybody can get it. Anybody can get it, man. You know, I mean, the Bulls, they should have known um, that uh, the last dance uh, showed that Michael Jordan had given Jerry Krause the nickname Crumbs. <laughs> they blame Jerry Krause for breaking up the Bulls. Yeah. And um, it is a shame that uh, he got booed. He did not deserve that. But whatever. It's that was such just- a magical time in Chicago, though, man. I went to a lot of the games with my with my dad. He was friends uh, with some of the staff there. And it was just, just crazy to see it in the excitement of the city. I, I don't really feel like we've gotten back to that kind of excitement in Chicago. So did I. My dad was friends with uh, a gentleman named David Brenner, Brenner, who did like sponsorships, and I think he founded a company called Halo. Oh, okay. And um, we, I used, we used to get um, some tickets as well. Um, what was the um, most memorable game you went to, Pugs? Oh, man. Or one of them that you remember. How about that? I mean, for me, it wasn't really even the game. It was just seeing, like, all these people, you know, excited together, you know, in in a unifying moment. And then the food in the box, like, (laughs) definitely that. Oh, you were in the box? Yeah, I'm saying we had a friend, you know, a good friend, a very good friend, you know. But, um, yeah, for me, it was just more that part of it, just because, like, uh, my whole family, we were part of the UIC Tipping Club because my dad, he, he worked at UIC. So, you know, we went to all those games. So this was kind of like the next step up of seeing, you know, how this thing works from the back inside. So it was really interesting to me in that part. But, I mean, all the games were just super cold, man. I mean, it was just amazing because I didn't know what, you know, like, you know how, like, you're aware as a kid, but you're not aware until you're there. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. Then you're telling your friends. You're like, oh, okay, okay. We're living. It was so much louder than it is now. 
and the energy. It was like the rafters would shake. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, it, it, it was... It yeah, was a, I, I recently went with uh, with uh, Comcast. They had invited the Inglewood Art Collective out, and it was it was a good time. But it wasn't that feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 So my uh, I I was at the um it was one of the last playoff games in the Chicago Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's the famous game where Pippen took himself out of the game. And coach <laughs> made the three-pointer to win. Yeah. And my dad had a friend who, you know, my dad's like, I was a senior at Notre Dame mm-hmm. in South Bend. Do you want to go to the game? I got two tickets for you. Second semester senior. Like, I'm, like, looking at graduation. I'm like, yes, I do want to go. Thank you so much. Me and Murph Dog drove up from South Bend. We were at gate, like, five and a half. It was a little door. <laughs> and we sat... They walked us up. We didn't even have tickets, really. And we sat in the bucket that used to be where the Sports Channel cameras filmed the games. Oh, nice. But it was a playoff game, so it was on NBC, and they weren't in the bucket. Hmm. So they had two seats. We had to climb down <laughs> in the bucket. And to risk it all. Yeah. And, and, and it was like, um, and um, yeah, it was amazing. There was also another game where my grandfather took me to a Boston Celtics Bulls game in like 86 or something. Mm-hmm. And he scalped one ticket. Oh, okay. He was enterprising, yeah. And there was two of us. He was very enterprising. <laughs> and he put, he's like, he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Get under my trench coat. I'm going to walk through, turn around, and you're going to run, and I'm going to act like I don't know you. Okay? Wow. No games. He said, we're getting this money. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and that's what happened. We went, And he's like, oh, that kid, where'd he go? You know, and I ran <laughs> off and my grandfather caught up to me. And then the NFC uh, Championship Rams-Bears game. Oh, okay. My dad took me to that in 80, it was 86 now, but it was the 85 Super Bowl season. Uh, we walked around for like two hours in the cold trying to buy a uh, scalp a ticket. We couldn't find anything that we could afford. My dad sees a guy getting people together for a hundred bucks. He would walk you through, and they would let you through the gate. He had an, a guy on the on the line was taking cash. Yeah. No, I mean that's one of the best parts of the United Center. Don't take me for it, but yeah, that's one of the best parts of the United Center. Yeah. And and um, and. So my dad saw which guy was, um, you know, taking the, 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 the cash and he's like, went up to him, talked to him, gave him 200 bucks. He let us in. We like couldn't find a seat. We walked around and sat on steps. That is a very awkward part of that entrance into the stadium. Yeah. Figuring out where you're going to sit. Especially when it's, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's packed because it's a, uh, playoff game. Yeah. And I was a little kid. I was so tired that and cold that by halftime we left. And I slept in the car while my dad watched the game in the minivan with the little TV plugged into the cigarette lighter. Oh, wow. He woke me up with like five minutes to go so I could see the win. <laughs> and it was, a, it, was a, it was a great day. So um, thank you for joining us here on Collaboration Radio, Pugs, and yeah. all you people listening live on WCPT 820 AM, Chicago's Progressive Talk re- Radio. Progressive. We're also streaming live on on Facebook and 
I'm wearing. Uh, you see that? Of, you see that? You see that? That's, some, that's like the the flag of uh, my my latest art show, Mookie on the South Side. Yeah. Um, I'm a walking wearable piece. You're like of, a billboard here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and 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 in the yellow shirt. Like if I wear this in the summer, like I, you see me coming. You know, big guy. <laughs> and in the, yeah, it's like, <laughs> um, you'll be able to listen to this if not now, wherever you get your. Your podcasts, and we're streaming live now on, on Facebook right now. If you want to see the shirt, check them out. And uh, yeah, I'm Anthony Mosley, artistic director of Clever Action. This is like our thirtieth episode. Big things, man. Thirty yeah. in the can, right? you know. So what's the season? Is the season what like sixty episodes? Or it? <sighs> well, it's fifty-two. Fifty-two. Okay. Yeah, you know, or fifty really. We we mm-hmm. take a you know we took off uh, one for the holidays, um, and. Um, and it's been great. And thank you to our sponsors, the Joseph and Bessie Feinberg Foundation, and our donors and our members. We are a nonprofit, 51C3 Chicago institution. And we wouldn't do this without public and private support. And uh, we also are grateful to our people over at AV Chicago who hook it up. They're the leading provider of AV production and event man- management services. Pugs, when you get a street festival going on over there at 71st, please let me know. Oh, okay. And I will do what I can. You heard it here first. To talk folks. to our, our friends at AV Chicago. Appreciate it. You know. Need that. Need the, that. Link uh, it in. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing is that, um, oh, labor's gotten so expensive, you know. But that's the time we live in. I guess it's just we're finally f- properly valuing people's time. And it's going to take a couple of years to catch up. But we can do things smarter in the meantime. And that's what we do. We're a 27-year-old nonprofit. Our mission is to build knowledge, empathy, dialogue, and action. Wow. Or as I call, KEDA. In that order. Yeah. Uh, around oppression and inequity. And we do that through live theater, TV, film. Radio. We leverage the power of storytelling and community to cultivate positive social change. Collaboration's got some cool stuff going on. We're about to launch um, auditions for the light, our our progressive, innovative youth program where Chicago youth get paid eighteen dollars an hour to write, create, and perform work that inspires social change about a platform they feel very positive about. Nice. Um, yeah. And um, they also perform at, at Kids of Palooza. They performed at the Silver Room Black Party a couple weeks ago. By the way, uh, I know you know Eric Williams because everybody knows Eric Williams. Yeah, he's the mayor. He <laughs> used to sell T-shirts outside of the United Center and Bulls games. Yeah. That yeah. that was the silver one. That's your yeah, No, he started from the bottom. I mean, that's why you got to respect his whole thing, man, because he started from the bottom and created all of this. Yeah. And, um, Kudos. And, yeah, the Bronzeville Winery. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. It's a great yeah, place. That's awesome. Very good food. Very, go, very good. Oh, it is. Yeah. And you go there, and then he's, like, DJing there. Yeah. He's something else. You know, he's in it, though. That's I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like he's all around in it. He was on like episode 20 or something with Lonnie Edwards, who's who's actually created a short film about um, Silver and Black Party and its history and interviews with Eric. It it, it oh, it's dude. really it's really dope. Yeah, big up to Lonnie. That's the homie. Yeah, yeah. Lonnie and I go way back too. We're very 
as he would say, very close. <laughs> Lonnie has a big laugh, and he laughs at everything. Those, no, the accurate impersonation. Uh, <laughs> and he he kind of does a, you know. Um, and um, it was uh, great to have Eric on. And what else is going on at Clever Action? Oh, but yeah, if you know any young people, um, I'll make sure to share uh, the uh, the announcement, Pugs for Auditions. Yeah, please do. Uh, um, we would love to have people from all over the city. That's really uh, what we're about. And what else is going on at Clever Action? Well, uh, next week on the radio show, we have Brill Barrett of Mad Rhythms. Do you know Brill Barrett? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know Barrett, yeah. Tap dance uh, yeah, legend. Sick. Super sick. Henry, can we, can we have some live tap dancing in the studio next week? Can we figure out how to get a microphone on the floor? I think that would be super sick. I think that would be different. That would, he, yeah. Oh yeah. He brings in a. He. I think he has a little wood. You yeah, know, two by stand. two. Yeah, yeah. And um, honestly, yeah, we could probably we could probably get a mic down there. Just yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and we have we have a big announcement brewing. Uh-oh. I've been saying Uh-oh. this for a while, but we have a huge announcement brewing, and it. I'm just gonna. Oh, are you going to let the cat out the bag? No, right here? no, I'm no. not. But oh, I'm going to okay. say it is a new space for the company. Oof. And that's I'll say that. And um, and who knows? Maybe one day we'll be doing the radio show live there in front of a studio audience mm. with a bar. It's a nice combination there. <laughs> well, as Bertolt Breck said, theater without beer is a museum. No offense, pugs. I know you. <laughs> um. What else? Um, we're here with Pugs Adams, a uh, really a Chicago Renaissance man, um, a hip hop um, artist in every in the true sense of the word, and um, really um, just a cool dude, man. Uh, at the age of fourteen, he started doing public art in his neighborhood. And it's a big part of his practice at the Art Institute of Chicago. He started his career as a multi-hyphenate with, with painting and video as he was pursuing music and design gigs on the side. Currently, you can find him designing for his Usui? Us, you, we. Us, you, we. Yeah. Uh, us, you, we. You got to make it seem complicated, but very simple. Yeah. Us U We ninety three, and um, he's got public art projects with with D Case and the Englewood Arts Collective, of which he is a co founder. He's got amazing uh, murals all around the city, and um, and he's um, even done some refrigerators. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to Dion's dream. Yeah. His inspiration uh, for all this stems from his family growing up in. Englewood, where he would witness the performers on the Green Line train and see the murals and graffiti art in his Chicago neighborhood. Pugs believes artists are the storytellers of their communities. His music and art are more than just a personal diary of what he has seen and experienced. And his practice is dedicated to bearing witness to and documenting the rich, brilliance, creative spirit, and joy that thrives within black communities. 
Thank you for joining us on the show today, Pugs. Yeah, thanks for the invite. I'm here. We're, we negative are... 87. <laughs> What's that? I said it's negative 87. Ne- yeah. Yeah. No, if you've seen the weather, it is like going to go at like midnight. It's like going to be zero. And at one, it's going to be negative one. And at two, it's going to be negative three. <laughs> and if Henry, it's going to get cold. Uh, Will the radio station make it? Uh, I don't even know. We were getting like power outages like the other day, too. Really? Yeah, it was like flickering. It was super rad. Wow. But, you know, we're here. The cold air. Yeah. Um, so, um, what, what, uh, what's it, Mookie on the south side? Yeah, Mookie on the south side. So Is that you? Uh, not really. A version of you? It's, it, it's, it's not really even, like, a specific person. It's just more so if you share certain experiences, you're Mookie. You know, if you yeah, know yeah. about the things I'm talking about, you're Mookie. So it's like Chicago, Southside culture, black culture, hip hop culture, art culture, all together. So the references make up Mookie. So he's kind of like done it and knows about it, knows who's next. You know, he's he's watching it all transpire. But um, it kind of came from one of my cousins named Mookie, who was a, a jazz musician you know, and the gigging bands and all that. But he's like the first real musician I met as a kid. Then also in black families, a lot of times, Mookie would be like the go-to nickname for the young boy of the family. So it's those two things. And then and that also, was never, was it ever your nickname? No, no, no. no. That's what I was That's saying. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then also uh, Spike Lee, Do the Right Thing, the character Mookie in there, because the idea of the art was taking back Chicago things in the way that a lot of other cities take Chicago things and then claim ownership of Chicago things. So I was like, what if I took the character Mookie and he lived in Chicago on the South side, where would he work? Italian Fiesta Pizzeria, you know, what kind of shoes would he wear? You know, a Chicago designer, et cetera, et cetera. Spike Lee. Mm -hmm. Great filmmaker, artist. What did you think about Chirac? Uh, you missed the mark, man. But I mean, I think that's definitely like one of those things you have to live here in order to paint that picture because you wouldn't know the severity of it in the sense of using that word with the movie because you could have called it anything else and it just would have been a movie. But because of that, I feel like it yeah, set it on the wrong track because I was really expecting it to be a deeper thing. You're hoping that it was yeah. going to be... Yeah. Like he was going to really polarize what's happening and the reasons and all that. Because that would have been crazy. Because I was, I guess, hoping for like a do the right thing 2.0 yeah, or something. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and you, you said this, I'll echo it. Um, you know, the writers of the screenplay were from Florida. But I mean, representation is is important. It's, it's, it's over. And you got to have those people, you know. And 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 uh, yeah, and you know, and he was he was on the ground in Englewood, mm. uh, and um, you know, and 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 it just goes to show that, like, um, you know. Great art, it takes a lot of things to come together, and anybody can can miss. 
Yeah. You know, I even mean, that's the fun of the game in that. If anybody can hit, anybody can miss. Really doesn't matter where you are. So you just got to keep the eyes open and have good people on your team to be like, yes, no. You know. So, um, okay. Music, mm-hmm. visual art, yeah. that includes just multiple mediums. Yeah, so mosaic, sculpture, murals, and then studio practice, painting, yeah, and collage. And then almost... Then uh, documentary film, and then experimental film, and then music video. Yeah. And what's, um, what's like your, your, your first love of, mm. those, of those mediums? What's the one that... Oh, it'd just probably just be drawing the things I see. I mean, that's how I started, you know, watching Sesame Street, then trying to make a whole book of every character that I've ever seen within the show. And then it kind of just, everything builds from that. Um, I was listening to some of your music. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, Cadillac on Michigan Avenue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's from my Test Drive record. That's like uh, two albums ago. I like that track a lot. I also Mm -hmm. love Check Me Out. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was was like one of my favorite songs to put together. Because it was definitely one of the first times where... I did a scratch track for the singer, and then the singer came in and just nailed it without any extra conversation about it. Like, they got the idea off top. Because I was trying to do a slight homage to Swing Out Sister. Because one of their songs was just stuck in my head while I was making that song. And um, I actually recorded that in London when I was uh, living out there with my band, The Electric. And um, Greg Blackman, he murdered that hook. Oof! And then... um, who made that? I'm trying to think the production. Oh, he, Big did, D. he did. He did that. Big up to Big D on the beat, man. He killed that beat. Yeah. And I mean, I I I I use I have a subscription to Title mm-hmm. because they pay their artists more, and I got it for free for six months, and I just like the design a little better. Mm-hmm. And when you go to Spotify, anyways, I will not get into it. <laughs> but that's your first album on Title. Is that you have albums before that, or is that your oh, first yeah. album? I mean, I have about like twenty albums. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but it all depends on what part of the journey. So, it's some stuff that's only on Bandcamp, it's some stuff that's only on iTunes, it's some stuff only on Title, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Based on that, so you got to go to MySpace if you want to get the real. Old no, you got to go to Bandcamp. <laughs> Bandcamp plugs <laughs> items, real simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're gonna play a track today. Yeah, we are. We are off of uh, my brand new album, Mookie on the South Side. And uh, the song is called Mookie on the South Side. It features uh, Hexagon on the vocals and DJ Catch 22 and myself on the production. Yeah. Great. Let's hear it. Seeds watch us grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us roll up and try knocking us. on the south side, haters got their mouth wide. It's a different world where we learned about apartheid. Ducking, dodging, meaningless soul ties. Gave him a couple points, but he got his own dice. Things I wanted to see happening in his time. Wondering if my OG shared the same timeline. These bars here, aging like a fine wine. Remember we were teens, told him we don't eat swine. Knack roll nights, catch us on the green line. Probably PK, Apollo base in the eye with the Del Mars just to get my fave right. Pictures on the wall, history and his time. I would dream one day he would add mine, 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 mine. That's Mookie on the south side. It's Mookie 
On the south side, races got their mouth wide. It's a different world from the Chicago 7 ride. Few steps forward, no cha-cha slide. Showed her how to steer, but she got her own ride. Things I wanted to see happening in her time. Wonder if ancestors share the same timeline. These bars here, aging like cast iron. Remember concerts, then I hop late nights. Probably with rain and scram, labor and cream. I asked my mama to twist my dress tight. Picture she paint, inspire my art's flight. Just a couple moments from Wookie on the south side. Wookie on the south side. Wookie on the south side. Yeah. It says Wookie on the south side. Wookie on the south side. It says on the south side. Wookie on the south side. It says on the south side. on the south side. Please watch us grow up and try to follow us. Please watch us grow up. Yes, that available was... now on all streaming platforms. Buy it on Bandcamp if you're really a fan. <laughs> He's like the mics weren't on you. <laughs> no, they were. They were. That was that was Mookie on the South Side by Pugs Adams. We're in the studio here at WCPT 8:20 a.m. Hello, everyone. If you're in your car, be careful. It's going to get icy out there. If you're at home, stay there. <laughs> stay warm. Be grateful you have a home. Collaboration PSA. That's right. And to all those, all our new arrivals via Texas, I hope everybody is is uh, hunkering down and safe, and at least in a warm bus. And you know, we just got to remember that these are baby Chicagoans that have arrived. Yeah, that's got to be crazy. Your first Chicago winter, yeah. As you first get to Chicago, yeah. yeah. Right now, and you know. And you know it's one of those things where we're pugs. We grew up with this. We know this. This is well, like it's still weak. Like we we have not had the winners 
that I had as a kid that I tell my son about that oh, he yeah. doesn't believe were possible. You know, when the snow's up to your chest. Yeah. And you're just like, this is, this 78. is unreal. 78. I came home. I was five years old, and I kind of remember it. How old are you? I'm 46. So I'm a little younger. That's why when you ask me about the Bulls, I'm like, man, like that's like really stretching it, trying to, to grab something. And, and how old is your son? Uh, he's 10. Just turned 10. Wow. Yeah, he's live. Super live. I got a 16-year-old. Oh, I wow. mentioned that. I think I mentioned that. Mm. Oh, earlier. Because uh, you have a new sculpture going up over at Whitney Young. Soon, 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 man. You're all People over. People heard it here first, man. You You're the are... first person to even. Wow. Oops. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. But I'm proud of it, man. It's like my first big sculpture. So I'm excited, you know, for that to happen. Yeah. So. What is the what? What's the what's your origin story? If if being a multi hyphenate artist is your superhero power, um, what is the origin story of Pugs Adams? Uh, well, I just had a very uh, I guess you say progressive family. Like uh, my grandma, she owned some real estate. She had a couple thrift stores. I worked in the thrift stores from like five, six, selling like toothpaste and my old toys to get new toys. So, I mean, entrepreneur, clothing, like those things are already in me and just like second nature. And then like my dad was a radio DJ and then he became more of an academic as he got older. And my mom, she was a buyer at the Peril Center. And also she was a, a really dope painter. And, you know, I would just kind of mimic the things I'm seeing them do and then, you know, as life presented itself, a lot of those same things I got to actually do as well. So it's kind of cool to be able to share that, you know, with your family and carry on certain traditions. Yeah. And and where'd you go to high school? I went to Kenwood, Kenwood Academy, man. That's where all the like the hip hoppers were. So that I had to go there. I had to go there. Who's your favorite Chicago hip hop artist? Mm. Man, that's hard. That's such a hard question. But I would probably say uh, two cats, man, that really brought me in. Probably um, Artistic and Fear from a, from a base of two crew. Like they were like graffiti writers, breakers. They kind of all around, you know, did everything. So it was like uh, getting their tutelage and coming to, you know, to like Fear's house. And he's showing me all these tapes of, you know, different music and, you know, different ways to paint my name. And, you know, all that. they really opened the world to me, you know, because in Chicago, things are very cliquish. So it's kind of like if you don't know someone, it's kind of hard to just jump in. And they definitely were like the people to help me jump in. And so what, what tell us about your mom's painting. Uh she was a figurative painter. I mean she still can, you know. I think now she's seems to be more into um like uh, ink and dyeing and batik, you know, like that kind of stuff. But um yeah, she used to paint just a lot of like city scenes. So like she might see some guys in the alley back when people used to have the cans of fire. You know, to stay warm, like paintings like that or the people next door, the kids in the back backyard playing, you know, that kind of stuff. And then she used to paint on like clothing and bags. So, again, you know, it's and, and you same do that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Got it from her. <laughs> and. Um, Englewood is one of my favorite neighborhoods in Chicago, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And I've been, you know, I first produced. Uh, traveling piece of theater at Hamilton Park in the summer of 2013. Oh, okay. When when I go to Hamilton Park and I'm 
I'm I'm bragging. Mm. I mean, that's a really dope park. I remember the first time I went to, I think it was like a dance event for uh, Boulevard Art Center where my mom, she was like artistic director there. And I was just like, man, how is this big old park with all this stuff? You know, and it was like kids everywhere. And I was just like, man, I'd never seen that space. And then after that, I was like, okay, bet. It's a jewel. Yeah. I would love, I mean, there needs to be a proper outdoor concert in that. Yeah, because I mean they have the area. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, I brought a couple. I brought a concert producer down there, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, maybe maybe it should happen. You know, it really should. Well, with the way things are going, Inglewood, I'm sure it'll be sooner than later. Yeah, you know? yeah, and uh, but when I go to um, Hamilton Park to this day. 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids come up to me and know me from when they were 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. They're like, you're that guy. No, that's the beauty of it, you know, when you when you change people's perspectives. Yeah. And I, and I uh, and we had a great we had a great um, performance we toured there this year with our youth program The Light mm-hmm. and there was a group doing a back to school backpack giveaway barbecue mm-hmm. and we all hooked up and we had gotten um, a grant from the safe and peaceful communities uh, program of the Chicago Community Trust and we were doing a open mic for youth mm-hmm. with a $500 cash first place I do remember saying that and I had we had uh, the judge who, ju- won it? who, won oh, it? who won it? so the judges were Ange Zone mm-hmm. Geronimo Speaks okay and Tony Mano of the MC School. I don't know if you know Tony Mano, Antonio Monix, great, great, mm. great dude. And uh, Ambiance, who's also part of the MC School, Phenom's um, amazing crew, mm-hmm. school. <laughs> um, and um, and we had a bunch of... of um, Young kids that were also going to the back to school thing, and then they came over, and and it was a young dancer, mm. a twelve a, a year old boy, who was like, if he kept going, you're like, he could be a, you could see him as a professional, you know, Alvin Alley dancer, mm. and uh, it was like mostly MCs, and this mm. kid was so good. You know, the rap judges were like, because it was like open mic, open mic, and we'll let dancing go too. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like, this kid is. So he got um, five hundred bucks. Yeah, now I like judging with Ange thirteen because she's always super honest, and she's like, you know, let's, oh. let's give it to who really won. You know, she is right, and she, uh, yeah, she is. Um, She's so talented and smart and cool. Yeah, man. She was super tough, man. When we were like 15, 16, she would just be just so into hip-hop where, you know, she really pushed on us to respect it. You know, she was just like, you don't know no rhymes. You know what I mean? Like, if you didn't, if you didn't have it, don't even waste the time. Don't 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 take, the, take up the space if you're not ready. So top five hip-hop influences on Pugs Adams. Because I heard, I heard some stuff... Um, in your music, I heard a lot of things. Well, in my music, I try to sample, but sample in a way with my voice instead of yes. sampling. Yes, yes. Sample. And I mean, that's just more from, you know, my dad really talking about how jazz musicians would quote each other. So the same kind of homage. Is, you know, is I could hear it, yeah. but I, you know, 
I, I was like, who is that? Who is that? I mm-hmm. couldn't figure it out. Like, and there was one in Check Me Out. There was one in uh, Cadillacs on Michigan Avenue. Uh, but who are the who are the big influences? Uh, well, I would say like my first rap influence would probably be my cousin Seagram. Like, I mean, that was the first person I knew that really was pursuing rap and could rap, and then he could rap and beatbox at the same time, which was crazy. Like, that totally blew my mind. And then, you know, occasionally he'd be like, "Yo, check this out, check this out." You know, different people, and then probably Houdini because that was like the first rap tape I ever had. So, you know, I studied it, didn't really understand what they were talking about because I was way too young for what they were talking about. But they started to make it make more sense. Then I would probably say, like, EPMD was probably the group and the point where I was like, I think I probably could do this. So, like, when Dos Effects came, when Souls of Mischief, Farside, that would probably be another group, again, giving me that, okay, I think you could do this De La Soul as well, you know, in that same, of different narratives. Because, I mean, I knew... For me, if I was going to rap, I want to rap about what I know. I'm not really trying to create something to rap about. You know, I was never really interested in that and kind of got bored quickly, you know, as you know, you're working with other people and they're like, this is the idea. And you're like, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm good on that. When I was uh, so my parents got divorced in 87. Hmm. I was living an uh, idyllic life in the North Shore. Hmm. My dad was a Vietnam veteran turned golf pro. Wow. And he worked at a golf course in Highland Park. And I played a lot of golf as a youngster. I was really good, actually. Did he know Bob Hope? No. Okay. Why? Well, now you know Bob Hope would be at all the golf stuff. My grandfather... Hmm was uh, a salesman for General Foods. Mm. He got uh, put on sell- selling Sanka coffee, which is mm. instant decaf. Yeah. Door-to-door type? Or? He, went, he, he went truck stop to truck stop on I-80 Jeez. between Chicago and New York because he figured if he could get the truckers drinking it because, yeah. like, you know, you can only drink so much caffeinated coffee. Yeah. Um, and so he got the truckers hooked on it because, like, after their first pot, they could have some some Sanka and they could make it in the cab. Mm. Hot water, you know, you could, you could, you could, I mean, so then he got them hooked so that they go to truck stop and they say, do you have any Sanka? And then pretty soon all the truck stops said, oh, we got to get Sanka. And then everybody else is like, what's this Sanka? And uh, you might like, have to make that movie, man. This is well, up there with the McDonald's. Yeah. And then, and then he, um, they're like, "Who's the guy that's selling the instant decaf coffee?" He went on to become the national sales manager for General Foods. He launched Tang, mm. Country Time Lemonade, mm. and Jello Pudding. I can see that he hired all three of those were promoted in a similar way. He hired Bob Hope. He hired Bill Cosby, and he hired um, his head of sale, one of his top salesmen for Country Time Lemonade. He called him up. He said, you're going to retire from sales, and you're going to become an actor. You're going to be the Country Time Lemonade guy. So you might not be old enough, because I was barely old enough when my grandfather was involved. I only know Country Time Lemonade just because we drank a lot of that. That's what I'm saying, like those three projects. Tang, Jello. Yeah. So, so yeah. if there's a scene in, um, so you know The Shining. Mm-hmm. There's a scene 
in the shining, in the dry storage of the kitchen of the hotel. The art direction was such that in the background of the scene, and I think this is um, Scatman Carruthers, Mm -hmm. he's in the dry storage with Jack. Behind him is nothing but boxes, but they were actually like these cylinders Mm -hmm. of Tang, Country Time Lemonade, and Sanka, which were all fake powdered sugar drinks. And um, and probably Kubrick picked those corporate mm-hmm. phony things because he was making statements about how America had stolen land and had, you know, capitalism had created a, a culture on top of stolen land. Yeah, I mean, that's what my film teacher said. We had to study it. We had to study it. That's definitely how it was sold to us. Yeah. So... Um, why did I go on that tangent? Because you get it ready for this book, man, about the, the, the life of the family, man. This is the, I think this should be your next project, man, because you got some good stories here. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. V- oh. Was it Vietnam? Is that where I was? Yeah, yeah Vietnam. Golf Pro. Yeah. Golf Pro. Yeah. Vietnam. Oh. There's a guy named Paul Harris who worked for my dad at the golf course. He knew I was going through it as a 14-year-old whose parents were getting divorced. I was kind of getting into hip-hop. I actually used to break dance out on the street corner in Deerfield. I would hope so. I mean, that was everyone. Yeah. You know, that was like, no. no well, I, I, yeah, and I can actually dance, so. You heard it here. Um, he, he gave me a mixtape of hip-hop. And on the drive, I was crushed that my parents got divorced. It really messed me up in a good way eventually. Mm. But I was like under a blanket in the back of the minivan while my mom is crying, leaving Deerfield to drive to Stanford, Connecticut. And I had this hip-hop tape and... EPMD was on it. You locked in, and I lo- yeah. and that and the, yeah. those songs became my 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 foundation of hip hop as a little white yeah. boy. You know, yeah. now but, that's the magic. Yeah, that I think people kind of forget when they're saying, "I want to make this classic." Da da da. It's really more about your listeners being of a certain age and experiencing life while listening to you. Then you become the soundtrack for their life. Yeah. My philosophy. You know that one? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I was a big Karras my fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's up with the Englewood Arts Collective? Tell us about that. Uh, well, we've been together. This is year six, about to be year seven. And I really just was based on a text message that Tanika Johnson had sent to us, just saying, hey, you know, what if we all were part of, like, a collective? And, you know, we're all from Inglewood. We all have been repping Inglewood in our practice, and nobody else is really claiming Inglewood. And the thing for me that I thought was really important was that we could change what happens when you Google Inglewood, which in turn changes what people report, because now it's this other stuff that starts to pop up when you're searching for this who got shot or, you know, what car was stolen, et cetera, you know. But um, since that time, I mean, we've done tons of like regranting and artist to artist money for supplies, you know, helping that 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 sense. And then also tons of like community projects and um, even 
helping to kind of, I would say, steer a direction for um, younger creatives to move move around and, you know, be prosperous in, you know, their their passion. Seven years that went fast, huh? Yeah, man. Well, I think, like, after you're about, like, 30, it all just starts to just swing. Life. Know? Yeah, and then also if you're with people that you enjoy to be around, I feel like it makes it go so much faster just because everybody's on the same page. I mean, that's the one thing I do love about the group. It's more so someone has an idea, they take the lead, everyone follows suits. Yeah. Um, during the pandemic, we created a uh, little documentary film about called Encounter Englewood. Mm-hmm. Um, and we featured some amazing people from this great neighborhood because, you know, we wanted to, 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 to contribute to the counter narrative that the media has run wild with. And so did Spike. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, man, um, we did a piece on Ernest Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, he is so cool. That guy is, is, uh, amazing. Um, Shelly Rashad, Joy Smith, um, Fatal, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just think a lot of neighborhoods could 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 do well to be more like Englewood because mm-hmm. people come out and know each other. Like in a lot of neighborhoods, nobody knows each other. Yeah, and uh, when I used to live uh, Belmont Lakeshore Drive. You kind of knew maybe four people tops, and that was it. Everything, everybody else was pretty singular in their existence. Yeah, and 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 you know that in the suburbs, in I mean that is you know one of the biggest problems with American culture is that there's not a real true sense of belonging. Yeah, I mean that's the thing f- for me. While Inglewood always comes back in my art, just because I have so many good memories, family memories friend memories there I mean my discovery of really how to get an artist career off the ground is in Inglewood I mean that's where I got to meet the AACM because they had their offices there got to meet all types of like African dancers like Mom Sar um, sculptors I mean just so many people that are were in it doing it being successful at it and they're just casually in this neighborhood yeah what does uh, Martin Luther King Day mean to you? Uh, it's a celebration of uh, the work of MLK. I do feel, though, like it shouldn't be limited to your kindness to just that day, you know, or your acts or whatever. I think it should just be a consistent thing if that's, you know, what you're on. Cat Williams. Mm. What do you think about 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 what break it down for me what what what's your what's your perspective on what happened with Cat Williams last week I mean that's Cat Williams if you've followed his career that's what he does I mean that's what he's really good at he could come and stir it and and leave you there trying to figure out what's what you know it's almost it was it was is it's a brilliant thing that he did I don't I am does he just is that just him right did he that's know him. he was I mean, doing he, that or did I mean that's what he does though that's what I'm saying like he's that kind of comedian where it's kind of you don't know what everything sounds like 
Yeah. Ask, you know, it's uh, yeah. Which almost it reminded me a little bit of Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's times when he's clearly talking in great hyperbole, and then there's other times where he just he's being one hundred percent, not just truthful but accurate. Mm-hmm. And all of those people that he talked about, some of them he. He took down a bit or even they're all having a moment now because of him. I wish that Cat Williams would have hosted the Golden Globes. That would have been. They would never do that, though. I mean, that's the thing with it. Like, everything is too nice in this time. Yeah, but you've seen Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes, Yeah, but that's two different people. Yeah, no, I know. can't even put them. Well, because you know. Ricky seems safe. He does say some stuff sometimes, but he seems safe. That's usually who gets those kind of jobs. Well, you know, it's no longer the. It's they've taken the Golden Globes away from the Foreign Press Association. Did you know this? <laughs> no, I did not know that. I did not know it either um, until I said to my wife Sandra Delgado, I said, "Well, who can you know?" Because I think it's the Golden Globes are a joke. I think all of the film award shows, and I mean, well, I mean, you got to think about this. Most award shows, you're paying to be there. If you have any type of performance, you're paying for the performance. You know what I mean? So to me, I'm just like, is it really? It's a well. It's a marketing yeah. ploy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a genius marketing ploy for an industry, and you know I say all that, and you know we won two Emmys mm-hmm. for uh, Trial of the Delta. You better not say too much, man. You might not win anymore. They might yeah. do it. <laughs> well, did you know ESPN actually got caught uh, fabricating names? For 30 Emmy Awards. And what they were doing was, when they won an Emmy, you, there's so many names you can put on it. And mm. there's certain eligibility requirements you need to get to of get. Of course. Yeah. Right. You have to actually, like, done the work hands-on. Mm. Um, well, they were put, adding fake people's names, getting the statues, paying some other trophy maker to rip off the band, print new bands, and give those statues to their college game day hosts on air. Wow. And the Emmys busted them. That's crazy. Yeah. But not surprising. ESPN. Um, You know, people don't realize this, that there there was a point there, like 10 years ago, ESPN does not like publish their their revenue you know i think they're owned by abc mm-hmm. they and whoever owns abc i forget is it disney no well check this out what well, no it is but espn's annual revenue was more than disney really Wow. But they hid that because otherwise Stephen A. Smith would be like, I need, need 40 more. million. Yeah, yeah, I need 40 million of them dollars. But I mean, sports has way more shows and it's like probably way cheaper in a way. We talked about the Bulls. What about the Bears? Oh, man. Since the shuffle, that was probably the last time I was super in it, you know. <laughs> but I mean, hey, if they need a mural, I'm here. I'm here. Let's do it. Which, and if anybody's out there, I do need a refrigerator Perry G.I. Joe. If anybody can help with that, I need that. Yeah. Find Pugs on social. <laughs> he might trade you um, some art for that. I thought it was a gift. I thought it was oh. a gift. A gift. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, 
the Bears are are you know they need to to pick a uh, uh, a quarterback moving forward, and the whole city is 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 uh, all twisted up, and uh, the the reality is is that being a Bears fan, it's you know it's funny like it's kind of like being a Cubs fan was. It's definitely like being a Bulls fan is now. Uh, well, it's just lifestyle at this point. It's Chicago know? lifestyle. I mean, that's why you got to think about like all the other aspects to the stuff now. I mean, it's like a bunch of free giveaways, a bunch of extra parties, a bunch of, you know, community things within it. It's, but we're it's so society, cursed. We're you know? so cursed. But you don't have to win now. No, I mean, think about it. It's well, like it's part of our a, identity. Yeah, that's what well. I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. kind of our identity. It's kind of the same reason people that seem like they're good folks at, you know, vote for Trump. Mm. Cognitive dissonance, I think they call that. We have a... Well, it's like going to Vegas. Like, you hope you win, but if you don't win, you're okay with it. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, I'll be back. Have you been to the new (laughs) casino in Chicago? Nah, I've not not been in there. I did paint like a Christmas mural there right before it became a casino. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, for like a Christmas interactive, yeah. Pugs, thank you for joining us. We got one minute left. Is there anything else you want to share with uh, the good people of the future and the past? Yes, pugsadams.com, P-U-G-S-A-T-O-M-Z.com. All my art, music, clothing, my banter, all of the, all of it's there, man. And thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. I, I hope that um, I will coax you into more uh, hangs and collaborations, and, and uh, please keep collaboration in mind. Um, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. Yes, it will. You just spoke it. You just Are you spoke still it playing into tennis? Atmosphere. How's your tennis game? Oh, man, only in music videos. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, maybe we could play some pickleball. Yeah. We could do that. I'm going to be going down to Houston to be part of the Backyard Pickleball Bash. Oh, wow. March 25th. I'm emceeing it. And then I'm going to be in Dallas and then Tampa. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you'll do a pickleball series one day. There it is. There it is. Pickleball paintings, actually. Stay warm, y'all. Stay warm. (laughs) And um, go inside. In your mind. (laughs) This is Clap Action Radio. Pugs Adams, Anthony Mosley. Whoever you are, we love you.